This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mmm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 24 of the Stacey West podcast. I'm Ben and I'm joined by Gary. How are we getting on? I'm doing very well. Episode 24, that must be about my age. And, well, not your recent age, but... um, (laughs) Uh, as well as myself and Gary, we're also joined by a guest this week. Uh, we're joined by Jake. How are we doing, mate? Uh, yeah, yeah. We're not, uh, I don't think we're too bad this week. It's been uh, been a successful week on and off the field for for the squad, so it's always always nice to see. Um, yeah, if you could just give us a, a brief intro to yourself, Jake. Tell us who you are, what you do, how you got into the imps and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm uh, currently a football journalism student at the University of Derby. Uh, it's the only course of its kind. Uh, I'm also the Lincoln correspondent for D3, D4 football. Uh, I started supporting Lincoln in 2005 when we uh, lost 2-0 to Southend in the okay. playoff final at the Millennium Stadium. So it wasn't the best time to start supporting them, but, you know, it's... it's, it's Oh, I disagree with that, Jake. I think you picked a great time. I think you saw the very last game of the finest generation of Lincoln footballers until this very uh, this very generation now. So is that kind of the opposite? And then, then, yeah, I I mean, obviously, my first season ticket was the year we got relegated (laughs) uh, from from League Two, which which was unfortunate. So I've seen all the rubbish through Chris Sutton and. Tilson and Holdsworth. So no, well, you want to be careful because we've got Ben, who apparently is a plastic. He's a fair weather fan. Um, I dressed up as a pantomime uh, teddy bear for sixteen years. So our favourite um, nemesis Trissim will soon be labelling you as something as well, <laughs> like a reverse uh, glory fantastic. hunter. That's what it will be. <laughs> See, I, I, I didn't want to go naming names, but uh, yeah, apparently I'm a fair weather fan. So I'll name names. He's a fan. <laughs> um yeah i think the, the the permanent markings that are on my upper left arm may well uh may well put paid to that but then i don't know you know you can get rid of sharpie can't you that comes off plastic quite easily so uh anyway should we go should we press on <laughs> yeah we'll we'll move on um we'll we'll uh we'll start the week uh we'll start the podcast this week by obviously 
talking about Grimsby because it was a it was it was a professional performance. It was uh, it was one where I didn't really think we were in any danger of losing. Um, it was it was one of those games where we got the goal and then I think really we we kind of invited them to to have a go at us and they they didn't really seem to bother. Um, it was. The atmosphere was a bit flat, and I know that's that's a, a word that's been used quite a lot, um, particularly on Radio Lincolnshire as well. I know Michael Horton picked up on it uh, in his post-match stuff, but it was just a very routine game. I think is the only the real way that I can phrase it. Uh, it didn't feel, didn't have that huge like derby. We're going to get oh, it's going to be amazing. Like the, the Grimsby fan gave the Grimsby fans, sorry, gave us. Um, about 10 minutes of noise um, and then we got our goal and that was it basically I think we realized that we were probably going to go on to win the game there didn't seem to be too much else in it the Grimsby fans realized they were probably going to lose the game and that was more or less the end of it Uh, I mean Toff's goal was was great I think the sending off was the correct decision as was proven by the appeal Um, I know Gary's probably going to have some slightly dissenting opinions on that uh in a second but i i just think it was a it was a game that we didn't really look like losing at any point and i, I don't think there was anything too well there wasn't really to, to take away from it in a negative was there i mean i know jake you've you've actually made some notes which is more than i've got yeah I, well I, I sat in the co-op on on saturday and i thought i needed to prepare in the in the right way to uh, to make some comments, but I thought I just thought that Grimsby didn't really offer anything going forward. Uh, they were they were very poor, and it's clear to see why they're so low down on the table. But um, they defended very well, and it was it, you know it looked like it was going to be tough to break through until Harry Toffolo did, like delivers a, a fantastic strike into the corner. Mm. Um, but apart, uh, I, and then obviously I thought the sending off changed the game, but it was before that when Danny Rowe came on that sort of we really started to see the main change, especially, you know, it's his second debut and his turn of pace caused us to gain regain control of the match. Absolutely, yeah. I think uh, the thing that, that was noted by quite a lot of people is that um, I think when when Danny Rowe came on, he started to look like he was linking up with Kindy quite well. Um, and that's something that I feel may have been missing in, in recent weeks. I know Kindy's been kind of on his own and he's he's been a bit of a lone striker um, and it doesn't really suit him unless he can get the ball in the manner that he can play. I know that sounds a bit odd, but it, you can't just lump it up to his head and expect him to win a flick on and then run on to the flick on. So, um, yeah, I mean, you, your thoughts on, on, on that one? I know you said Danny Rowe changed the game. I think, was it more or less for the same reason? Or Yeah, so I, I, I thought Rowe was... Was was superb, and he showed it again on um, Tuesday against Yeovil. But I think he's in the first time he came, he was, he was very uh, unfortunate. He got, I think it was Port Vale away. He picked up an inter-site injury, didn't he? Mm. And um, it wasn't he wasn't quite the same after that. But I mean, don't get me wrong, Shane McCartan didn't really do anything wrong. But Danny Rose just that little bit quicker, that little bit more direct, and I think that's helps Akinde, I think that helps Akinde a lot more because he can have someone to go beyond him and win his flick-ons rather than himself having to to go and run, run, after, run after the ball. Yeah. No, I, th- I think that's that's pretty much spot on. I mean, Gary, I know you did a, an extensive piece on the blog about it and it was it was a, a well-deserved win and a, a comfortable performance. Um, anything anything more to, to sort of add and, and dissect from it? Yeah, well, I, I haven't really 
nobody's really picked up on the Grimsby fans' reaction after the game because they were incandescent with rage on the uh, the not the top twenty pod tweet. I do a, like a match review for them on, on just on a Twitter, um, and they were they were basically saying that they'd been robbed. We should have had a man sent off for an elbow. Mike Dean was terrible. Um, very rare I find myself agreeing with Grimsby fans, but I thought Mike Dean had an average game at best. He got the mm. sending off. Well, apparently he got the sending off right. I actually think if I put that in line with uh, the Carlisle, John Akindi when we drew 2-2, and if I put it in line with um, Port Vale away, but again this season when Freck was taken out, I actually think it was a weak red card. Um, uh, I think there was probably a better shout for a red card when Akindi's tugged back on about 84 minutes as he's going through on goal. Mm. But yeah, I, I thought that was great. Yeah, I, I just think overall, I, I, Mike Dean didn't, fill me with confidence. I mean, he, it was it was all about him. He wasn't a terrible referee, um, but for me, he helped keep the game dampened down. Um, and the Grimsby fans didn't help, did they? Turning up under a, a vow of silence. I didn't realise they had a thousand monks following <laughs> them. <laughs> yeah, I, I just... I, it was one of those games where I think it needed a strong hand to, to make sure that nothing boiled over. But I don't necessarily think that that strong hand was was the gone well. It wasn't gone about in the right way. I think there were just too many early bookings and too many cards being flashed about. And I just think it would have been one of those games where you kind of, if you'd have said right, okay, lads, come on, let's just calm it down, let's settle down, let's let's play the game, rather than immediately just going right, you're getting booked, you're getting booked, you're getting booked. I mean, it was like that episode of Oprah where she gave away all the cars. It was like, you know, you get a car, you get a car, except you get a booking, you get a booking, everybody gets a booking. It's just... What? Yeah, I, I, I think it went about... Have you not seen that? Oprah Winfrey in America, her talk show. She gave yeah. her, her entire audience a brand new car. Wow. I think I'm a bit too young for that. <laughs> oh, don't start. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was just one of those... It was one of those games where I think there were too many bookings like really early on and it kind of set the tone and it just muted the whole game. And I know that it, it was, a, we expected to see, you know, blood and thunder and what we got was jelly and ice cream. Really. It was just, yeah, it, it was a bit too nice for a local derby. I think. I think Harry Toffolo's um, booking was ridiculous. Time wasted on 40 yeah. minutes. I mean, seriously. And I think the foul that led to that was probably the worst challenge of the first half bar the so-called yeah. elbow. I, I didn't see the elbow. I've seen some still pictures and it doesn't look pretty, but a still picture can tell a thousand words, can't it? We'll go back to Cambridge and Alice Chapman sending off. You can you can make a still picture say anything. Um, but yeah. I do think that when we talked earlier in the season about decisions evening themselves out, I think we've probably seen a little bit of that against Grimsby because I, I do think if I'd been in the away end, I would have come away a lot more aggrieved than I did uh, sat where I was sat. Yeah, I think uh, there's, there's another decision which... Um, I think that's probably all we need to say on Grimsby at, at this point, I guess. Um, there's another decision which I want to talk about when we when we start talking about Yeovil, which I think is uh, probably a good time to, to segue into that one, unless there's anything more you want to add about Grimsby, Gary? No. Jake? No, no, not really. Cool. Okay, oh, Gary, so, uh, so let's, let's talk about Grimsby. Let's talk about Grimsby. Let's talk about Yeovil. Um, yeah, again, it was a really good win. And I think it was a continuation of the Grimsby game. Um, but across the two games, we've managed 21 shots off target, seven on target, whereas our opponents have managed seven off target and two on target. So mm. I think what we've done is we've shut down two 
mid to lower table teams um we've become an effective unit we we don't dominate the games we didn't dominate the game against Yeovil in terms of peppering shots at goal i think the stats were 11 and 5 last night as opposed to um 10 and 2 from grimsby um mm. but we did what was needed and again it was the danny rowe show as it was uh, and as jake correctly alluded to um in my opinion when he came on he changed the game on saturday and he certainly changed the game from the off this time around um, but, mm. you know, let's mention Michael O'Connor as well, because he's put in a masterclass in the centre of midfield. And people are saying if we're going to have Bolger and Shackle playing and Bozzy sits forward, where does O'Connor fit in? The way he's playing at the minute, I'll tell you something, he's, he's up there, in my opinion, as one of the best players of the season. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you on that one. He he seems to get the uh, the Man of the Match award from, from Tomo quite often on Radio Lincolnshire. Uh, every so often, you know, you, you'll go through the Facebook page and you'll go through the feed, and it'll be like, "Oh, Tomo's given O'Connor man of the match again." And there's a there's kind of a running joke that he get he gives it to Freck a lot, but um, he he seems to bestow the honour on uh, Michael O'Connor quite a lot. And I think it was from I mean, I, I listened to the game. I, I I couldn't I couldn't justify the the trip round because uh, it was a you know ten hour ten hour round trip, and I've got work, so it was it, unfortunately I had to listen to it, but. It was. Uh, it sounded, you know, you said there. It sounded a bit like the Grimsby game in that we we did what we needed to do, and then we kind of soaked up the pressure and were just comfortable on the ball to the point where we didn't really come under that much threat. Um, Jake, your thoughts on on the Oval game? I thought we played we played well without playing uh, awfully bad. We were, you know, we could have we could have gone on and made it three four in the second half. Mm. Uh, Harry Hamilton had a chance at the keeper, uh, really well saved actually. Uh, but the, as Danny said in his post-match interview, as long as you know we could score three or four, often like like Burry do. But as long as you keep the back door shut, then you're going to win. You're going to win games. And uh, I thought we did that really well. We defended really well, and Shackle and um, Bolger looked to have already made a really solid start to to be in a to be in a partnership. Uh, I thought again early was. Was superb, you know, his delivery for the uh, first Danny Rowe goal. Uh, I mean, we've come to expect it really from 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 Neil now, but uh, you know, any any other League Two club, he's you know, he's been linked with moves up and down the football ladder, you know, like he was in the summer. But uh, I thought it was a professional job. It's where you go and win league titles, uh, Yeovil. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if we if we had drawn that game, then you know, you might question the credentials. But you know, it was professional. It was. You know, Danny wouldn't have left any any stone unturned, and I think that really showed uh, the final whistle. Yeah, hundred percent. It was it was one where they they went, they knew what they needed to do. They identified the key areas, and by the sounds of it, it they just completely shut down any chances that Yeovil had. I mean, every time the ball came forward, it was the commentary was, "Oh, and that's Shackle there clearing up," or it's Bolger with the header away, and it was there never seemed to be any doubt in the result and it just seemed to be one of those where you think bloody hell this is this is a good side and we're we're a very good team at the minute and we seem to be we seem to be shutting things down in the right way and just kind of just slowly building on the the lead that we've got now and slowly building the confidence back up in the team where it just looks I, I don't want to use superlatives but we do genuinely look fantastic at the moment um mm. Mm. okay fantastic <laughs> well, fantastic I mean, strong it, ben well you know in terms of in terms of seeing out results seeing out games not necessarily incredible performances week in week out but when it comes to doing the job that we need to do i think we're looking we're, we're looking 
fairly strong. The one thing that I did want to say, actually, um, which I kind of sort of mentioned earlier, was that there was there was a tackle um, at the just towards the end of the game um, from Harry Toffolo that I I don't know what the referee saw, but he only gave me a yellow card, and I mean he basically put his foot through his shoulder. Yeah, it was a red all day. Oh, yeah, it was very high. It was it was it was very high. I think I think what uh, they said on commentary was the only reason he got sort of away with it was because he looked like he pulled out at the last minute. But still, yeah. even even from watching the uh, the, uh, the the stream, it, it looked like a, a straight red card. I'd be screaming if it was a Yeovil player on a Lincoln player. So I can see why they were aggrieved. Yeah, I mean that that was my that was my reaction as well. I, I I listened to it and I saw the highlights today, and as soon as I saw that, I just thought, bloody hell! If that was uh, if that was a Yeovil player or one of our players, I would be absolutely livid. We all know um, pulling out is no safe uh, safe method, don't we? <laughs> well, that took a while, Jake. <laughs> you could tell he's a young lad. <laughs> um, just, yeah. just to touch on Yeovil as well, um, quite ironic because you know, me included and Jake a minute ago said, you know, Yeovil's the sort of place where you go and win titles. Last year they beat Accrington 3 2 at Hoysh Park. So, but it's 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 not the fact that you go to Yeovil and win the games. It's the fact that you go to a team that is sitting in sixteenth, seventeenth, nineteenth on a January night on the back of a big win and win that game. That's what it is. You know, we're yeah. not literally talking about going and winning at Yeovil. We're talking about winning these particular types of games. Um, and I think that we showed a tremendous amount of character last night. I think that it was a relatively new look lineup. You know, Bozzy coming into the midfield gave the midfield slightly more, for me, a bit more of a defensive feel because Bozzy's very much a defensive midfielder, as is Michael O'Connor. Um, but overall, you know, we controlled the game against a poor side. I tell you where you win league titles is by putting Berry to bed on Saturday and going nine points clear of them with a game in hand. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? And it's what we're gonna what we're gonna move on to now. Um, I think the Berry game is. Uh, I said this to somebody earlier, and I immediately thought that's a soundbite for the podcast that will probably come back to bite me in the arse if it doesn't happen. But I honestly think that if we can beat Berry on Saturday, uh, I think we'll win the league. Um, it's it, it's the kind of game that, like you say, if you go there and you get a decent result. Um, we've opened up all of a sudden a massive gap that most teams would snap your hand off for uh, at any stage in the season, let alone before March. Um, and it the, the question is whether we can do it and whether we can um, whether we're confident that we can pull off the kind of result that we need to 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 kind of make that lead a reality. Um, Gary, I'll start with you. What are your, your your thoughts on on that? I know you've you've done a piece on the blog about it, um, but anything? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I'll break down Berry, and then we can get Jake's kind of reaction to that because I've been looking quite extensively at Berry, and they're an impressive looking side. Mm. Um, they play quite a defensive formation. They play like a three four one two, so they play three centre backs with two wing backs and two holding midfielders, and then they've got a little triangle up top, mm. traditional two man forward line with a with a, a midfielder kind of backing them up. Now, the the key for me is a lad called Danny Danny Major Danny Mayer. I can't read my own writing, though. Danny Mayer, I think. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> he's absolutely tremendous. Um, he really is. I mean, he pulls the strings in behind Nicky Maynard. Um, I think he's got six assists so far this season. Uh, his fellow midfielder, Nicky Adams, has got nine assists. In terms of goals, Maynard's already bagged 12 for them, and I don't think he was signed on for them when, when we played them earlier in the year. Um, but then they've got a holding midfielder who can push forward, he can break forward and kind of add numbers to the attack called Jay O'Shea. He's another one we've got to try and keep quiet. And I wonder if Danny's looked at this game, looked at the way that they play and kind of thought, you know, we need that that solidity in the middle of the park. Hence, trying out Bostwick and O'Connor last night in a game where we could have been more adventurous, but instead just looking for the bigger game. Because I tell you something, if we win the battle in the middle of the park... We're onto a winner because we can get we can outnumber them on the flanks, but it's all about that battle right in the middle. Now they've won six on the spin at the minute, Barry. That's including wins in the uh, the what they call the football league trophy, the Czech trade trophy, whatever you want to call it. And um, they're through to the semi final. They beat virtually a full strength Oxford team from League One five two last night as well. In those six wins, they've come from behind on four occasions. Mm. to uh, ultimately win the game. And the only two, or the, one of the ones that they didn't, their opposition didn't score, which was away at Yeovil. Nicky Maynard gave them an early lead. So they're resilient. They can score goals. They're solid in the centre of the park. This, I'll tell you something, it's going to be the hardest away trip we've had all season. What do you reckon, Jake? Uh, I personally, uh, they're obviously they're a high-scoring team. They're, I think they're the second highest scorers in England, uh, just behind Manchester City, which is obviously a very good record for them to have but uh, I'm very similar with my opinion of Gary I think we have to win I, I think we uh, Danny has to stick with with Bozzy and, and O'Connor in the middle of the field because we look like we were winning that battle at Yeovil but obviously they'll have better they'll have better quality midfielders so we need to we need to make sure we win that battle because we can we can put out Harry and we can put out Danny Rowe or whoever it is on, on the flanks but you know we need to we need to win that first and foremost um, but obviously it's, it'll be a, very tough away game, probably the toughest we've faced so far. I, mean, I can't really think of anybody else that's going to cause us so many problems. Uh, but they're very, they're very, they're a very good flair team. They're hard to pass it about. They don't, they don't exactly hoof it. Um, but I've been very impressed with Barry this year. Actually, I've seen them on a few occasions, and they definitely look like the team that I'm most worried about from nicking the title off of us. Yeah, I think. Um... It, it they seem to be the team at the moment that a lot of people are tipping to kind of have that late run if you like there's always that one team that that uh, seemed to make that surge in league 2 towards the end of the season and they seem to be yeah it was Atkinson last year wasn't it yeah because they came from right from behind the playoffs I thought yeah i think that Berry seem to be the team this year that a lot of people are tipping to, to kind of have that run of form and you know sort of storm the last segment of the season and and maybe pip somebody to the post and I think uh, there's a lot of talk at the moment about MK Don's run of poor form where they're they've dropped from second and second at our heels to dropping into the playoff spots but I think the important thing to remember there is as well as dropping down they've also got two games in hand over uh, Mansfield and I think if they win those two games in hand which I know isn't a given then they're right back up in second spot and it's it's one of those where, yes, they're having a poor run of form, but if that turns itself around or if, if they can get a couple of results together, then it will pop back up and then and they'll get back to where they, they want to be. But it, it, Bury is certainly a team that a lot of people right now are going, yeah, I think the top three are going to be in some order, Lincoln, Mansfield and Bury. Um, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm starting to agree with them, to be honest. 
I think Barry. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Very I think Man, I think Mansfield are the team that are actually going to surge through. I don't think it'll be Barry. Um, Barry have played twenty nine games. Um, Mansfield twenty eight. And MK Dons have actually only got one game in hand over Mansfield. Um, they've played twenty seven. They've got two in sorry. hand. Sorry, Barry. You're right. Um, yeah. And if they won both, if, so if they win their game in hand, they won't go above Mansfield. But if they win both games in hand, they'll go above Barry. So in actual fact, in terms of games in hand, and they're. they're, they're I said earlier, points on the table are, and games in hand are very, very different. You've got to go and win those games in hand. Um, but Mansfield are the ones, if anybody's going to steal the title from us, it'll be the Stags. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say, obviously, they're, they're now through to the semi-final of the checker trade. So, you know, that will it'll either work one or two ways. You know, we sort of struggled in the league after we got, we got into the final, the last stages of that competition. Or, you know, as Danny says, you keep winning football matches, you have more confidence and you, you'll... Uh, you'll play better in your league game. So I think, you know, we're a bit, it's a bit unknown as to whether what side of Berry we're going to see after, after they go and play their semi-final. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a, a an interesting running, uh, which I think it's always made, it's always made more fun when you've got uh, a transfer window going on as well. Um, is there anything more that we want to talk on on Barry before we move into sort of transfer talk and, and the, the comings and goings in the team? Yeah, we want to do predictions, don't we? <laughs> of course we do. Oh, okay. I hate this. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going last. <laughs> Jake, he's, he's a uh, bastard for this, by the way. He always says, oh, yeah, I'm going to put you two on the spot and then go, oh, I'm not making a prediction because that's yeah, what I, I do. Think I've heard him. I've heard him. I've heard him several occasions. <laughs> go on then, Jake. What do you reckon? Um, I think we'll get a 1-1 draw by at Bury. I think John Akinde is going to score from the penalty spot. It's a strong shout. Uh, I, I think Where draw... else would he score from? <laughs> <laughs> Steady. Um, I think, uh, I think yeah, draw's a fair shout. Uh, Danny targeted four points from these two games, and I think if we can come away with a result, uh, then it'll be it'll be great for us like not only not only in terms of morale but also in terms of the league position um i think having everybody else play before us is probably going to be one of those where could go either way i think if if we see that if the team starts to say oh you know stags have slipped up let's go and have this and whatever i don't know i i think um i think a draw is probably an expected result and i can see probably a, a couple of goals apiece um unless well no actually because bolger and yeah, Bolger and Shackle have done really well. I'll say 1-1 as well. Why not? Well, Mansfield could slip up, you know, because they're at home to Tranmere and that's not going to be an easy game. MK Dons are away at Grimsby, so they're going to get three points. Um, <laughs> I, I'm i going to be bold. I actually think we're going to go and beat Berry because I think I think Danny's teams win big games. Um, I think, you know, we, we went away to uh, Tranmere in the National League and we won that. Uh, we beat Accrington at home last year. That was a huge game. And I, I just think, I actually honestly think we're the best team in the league. I don't think we're the most attractive. I don't think we play the sexiest football. I don't think we score the most goals. I don't think we've got the tightest defence. I just think we've got everything. I think we've got a little bit of everything. We're not the best of every, anything, but we've got every single ingredient. It's like if you make a spaghetti bolognese with the best mints, but you don't put a tomato sauce in, it's a shit spaghetti bolognese, even though you've used the best mint. So it don't matter if you've got the best defence or, or all that sort of stuff. Danny's just a master chef. He's like Gordon Ramsay. He swears just as much as him on the touchline. And I genuinely think 
he's going to do a Nathan Jones. Nathan Jones this week went to um, took his Stoke side to Leeds. And on the night before the game, he changed everything, all his formation and everything, to play something completely out of left field because it caught Leeds out because he knows the preparation. This week, Scott Wharton's going to be in the Berry dressing room. He's going to probably be there right now, sat with Nathan, uh, Ryan Lowe going, yeah, they do this free kick routine and they're going to play this guy on this position. Danny Cowley's just going to go, actually, do you know what? Bugger it. We'll play 4-3-3. Play Reed, Anakin, Nudis, who fit up onto his head. And I think we'll be master tactician. So I am going to go for a 2-0 Lincoln win. Oh, bold, bold, bold! As I say, not not even conceding. It's uh, it's a bold statement, but like you say, you know, when you've got that good spaghetti bolognese out there, I'm really hungry now because I'm I'm having spag bol. I'm going to have to take this recipe and make it when I, when I finish this podcast. I've got to all the ingredients. <laughs> have you got the right ingredients, though, Jake? Are oh, you Danny Cowley no. or are you Ryan Lowe? <laughs> <laughs> Well, the wife's currently cooking it, so um, I'm probably going to expect uh, something in terms of a Danny Cowley special spag bowl. Um, but transfer window then, Scott Wharton. Yeah, so obviously you mentioned Scott Wharton there going to uh, to back to Blackburn, then out to Bury straight away. Um, it's not a surprise, is it? I think we all saw it coming, Gary. You mentioned it in the blog uh, the other day, and it's it's not a surprising move. Um, Let's let's talk about that and some other moves that have that have happened. There's been one that's happened today, shortly before we started recording, actually, which I wasn't aware of until I was just checking Twitter five minutes ago. Um, Jordan Roberts, Jordan Roberts from Ipswich as well. So obviously, we've had the uh, the good news of of Danny Rowe coming back. Um, it was a it was a busy day last Thursday, wasn't it, Gary? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, it was a good day. Um, nobody's going to, I mean, everyone knew Kevin Bolger was coming. Nobody's going to kind of question his signing, are they? Two and a half year deal because he's a bloody good player and he shouldn't be playing in League Two and next season he won't be. So that's, you know, that's it's simple. You player like that comes available, you take him. Um, uh, James Brown coming from Millwall, reserve player, nothing more. Sounds harsh, but not going to play unless we get an injury. Simple as that. And Danny Rowe, who I think he's the big one. And again, we've, we've touched on it a little bit already, but everyone was looking at it. And when I say everyone, certainly me and I assume many others thinking, oh, there we go. That's the cover at winger. Who's going to come in and, and play behind John Akindi? But you know, Danny Rowe is an incredibly talented footballer who was already proven to us that um, he was a shrewd move. He's already scored as many goals in, in what, four or five days as a Lincoln player this time around as he did last time around. So, yeah. Um, um, the, 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 so there's been some murmurings and there's been some people saying that they'd like to see this happen but do you think there might be any chance to sign him permanently in the summer yeah okay i yeah, why I, not well the thing is i i said this somebody asked this question they said oh do you reckon we'll sign him permanently in the summer i said i would be shocked but i wouldn't be surprised because i honestly think that danny could walk on the brayford right now and i wouldn't be surprised i think I'm- it wouldn't surprise me at all. He's played most of his football at this level. He loves the club. He's not getting in at Ipswich. I, I wouldn't even. Do, I wouldn't be shocked or surprised. In fact, I would probably at the minute dare bet money on it that if we go up, we sign Danny Rowe. I think that's probably. Take, that's that's say that's sensible money, saying, isn't it? You know, if we're in the same league as Ipswich, uh, he, he might be able to go back to Portland Road and score another goal for us. Yeah. I, so, uh, Kian Bolger then, uh, obviously coming in from Fleetwood. Um, let's, let's be honest, 
you know, Jerry Barton's had a lot to say about it. I think it's just playing up for the cameras at this point, isn't it? Jake, I know you've uh, you've been keeping an eye on on things in terms of the transfers. What would you make about uh, Kian Bulger signing and indeed Mr. Barton's words? I mean, I was. I mean, I, I, I won't. I won't come out and lie. You know, I, I hadn't been a mass. I hadn't really heard of much of him before uh, he turned up at, at Central Bank. But uh, from what I've seen of him, especially over the last two games, I've been very impressed. You know, he's. I think he had one mistake in the Grimsby game in him, but that you know we didn't see anything apart from that. And uh, he looks very aerially dominant. He was. He won every single header. I think he's won every most of his headers that he's he's had since his his debut mm. uh, you know Joey Barton you know whether whether he's right or not to say what he said you know if, I think that maybe if you're a manager of a football club like Joey Barton is I think you should probably be a bit more involved in, in that sort of thing than what he's claiming that he is but um, you know but you know Barton's I don't think Barton's over that we he was part of that Burnley side that was was on you know it was in one of the FA, largest FA Cup shocks there's ever been um, but you know it, it it happens in football. It happens, um, but you know we'll we'll be the ones laughing because we'll have Kian Bolger as we start our League One campaign right next to them on the table. So I'm not complaining anyway. That'd be nice, Gary. Your thoughts on the on the Bolger signing? I know we talked about it, but last week a little bit. But yeah, as I've said, it's just a good signing, isn't it? I mean, he's um, two and a half year deal, tying down. Player like that comes along, you don't you know you don't let him go. Simple. Yeah, I. Very succinct, which, <laughs> um, yeah, I think, uh, like Jake said, the the, the, uh, the aerial display against Grimsby was phenomenal. I don't think he missed many many headers, if anything, to be honest. Um, it was it, it was just weird to see some of the reaction, and I know we we sometimes buy into the reaction on social media a little bit too much, but there was a weird reaction. Some people saying, "Oh, he wasn't very good. He's uh, oh, he looks like a an odd signing." You think, well. Not really, you know. It's his first game in a brand new squad, coming in alongside a, a brand new centre back partner. I think he won, like I say, pretty much every header that he had. And then when it came to ball on the floor, I think he looked competent. He looked solid, and he he looked really good. Like uh, you know, Jake said, there was only really one mistake in the first. Uh, was it first or the second half? Uh, yeah, where he went to control it, and then I think he, he kind of almost looked like he was going to punt it out, but sort of didn't, and ended up playing it to their winger, didn't he? And it was it, it was one of those where you're going, oh Christ! But he recovered well from it, and nothing came of it. So it was actually his um, second mistake in two minutes because he had been we'd been on the attack, and he had brought the ball out on the corner of the 18 yard area, shooting towards the Stacey West played an errant pass um, which allowed them to break and he then ran the entire length of the pitch just to make another mistake uh, and not play it out and play it to their winger and that was it he, that was, he made two bad choices in the space of a minute and otherwise had 89 faultless minutes I didn't read anything negative on social media to be fair about him but then I've got such a long block list at the moment I don't think there's anybody <laughs> who could who talks, uh, talks shit that actually gets through my filter these days yeah, that's fair enough. Um, Are you still yeah. on Facebook, by the way, Ben? Uh, I am, but I've deleted the app from my phone. <laughs> Never mind. Um, yeah, thanks for a bit, Gary. Thanks, thanks. It, it did take a while to sink in. It's been a long day. You prick. Um, so, <laughs> um, 
other other transfer news um there's obviously the uh, the confirmation that Shea McCartan's staying till the end of the season i think having scored the goal that will probably win goal of the season not only for the club but also for the league uh it was it was one of those where, uh, well, Danny himself said that they were waiting for the deadline to pass, and then one minute past midnight on Monday morning, we got a text from uh, from I think it was Liam Scully saying, "We've you know that's it, we'd be staying." So it was, um, yeah, that that was quite nice to to get back. Uh, you know, the, the the get back. Sorry, you know, it was quite nice to hear that uh, Shea's going to stay with us till the end of the season. Um, another one of those where rumours are flying round that is he maybe going to stay permanently at the end of the season uh it's one that i could see again particularly if we go up i think like you said about danny Rowe, gary he's uh he's a player that's done incredibly well for us and he seems to really enjoy it here so do you reckon there's a chance that we could get mccartan and Rowe as we go up um i don't think we'd take both i think to say shay's done incredibly well is probably misusing the word incredibly i think he's done well um but we've talked about the effect that Danny Rowe had and how he got in around the kindy and we look, it looked different. That's actually the role that Shea's meant to be playing. He scored some wonder goals, but also he got four goals for us. And for a majority of the time, he's been playing that role kind of behind the kindy. So I think he's done well. And I think he's a good footballer. Um, but if I was given a choice between the two, I'd sign Danny Rowe. And I don't think that we would sign both permanently. What are your thoughts, Jake? Yeah, I, I would I would take Rowe over McCartan. You know, McCartan scored some very good goals, especially you know the one against Swindon. But the goal against um, was it MK Dons at home, the equaliser yeah. that was excellent technique. Uh, yeah, he's not a bad footballer, Shane McCartan. I just think that we've we've got Danny Rowe. He just offers something else compared to what he offers, and Danny Rowe's that bit quicker, that bit more direct. So if we if we had to decide, you know, one or the other, I'd definitely take Danny Rowe. Yeah, I, I think if the choice off if the choice was offered, or if the, you know if it was on the table, then it would be Danny Rowe every time. But I don't know. I I just think it's uh, it, it's a potential thing that's that, you know some people have been talking about. Um, the other signing I know uh, we briefly mentioned him was Jordan Roberts from Ipswich. Today seems like a useful signing. Could potentially be another attacking midfielder. What what do you reckon on that one, Gary? I'll, I'll be honest, I've not really seen anything about Jordan Roberts whatsoever. So. Yeah, well, I mean, he started six games for Ipswich in the Championship this season. So he was one of those players that Paul Hurst had seen in the lower divisions and thought, I'll have some of that. Uh, really good for Crawley. I think he he was very, very dangerous against us on a couple of occasions. Um, played in Scotland with Inverness, Caledonia, Thistle, which more or less puts him on the same level as me playing FIFA. Um, that's the same <laughs> sort of, uh, of standard. Um, but I think he is going to be seldom seen and when I mean that I don't think he's going to nudge out Harry Anderson or Bruno Andrade um, Mm. which when you consider he started six games in the championship will be an interesting proposition Um, but uh, you know I might be wrong he might come in it might be that um, he dislodges one of those but I I can't see it and that goes back to the blog I did earlier in the week about not needing a striker I can't see where we add to the first team at the moment without upsetting the balance Uh, but what, what are your thoughts Jake? Uh, so yeah, he's. I've not really heard much about him. I've seen obviously the they did an announcement video of him scoring a few goals, but I can't exactly say I remember him from when he played for for Crawley. Was it last? Was it was it last season he played for Crawley? But you yeah, know, I've not, I've yeah, not, I've not really, I've not really 
you know, heard, seen or heard much of him. So is he is he likely to dislodge any of the players in the starting eleven? Highly unlikely, but you know, it's another body in that we could probably do with in case we do get unlucky with injuries. So happy to have him on board. Yeah, so that's that's um, that's essentially the transfer stuff that's been happening. Um, whether we'll get some more bodies in, I know Danny said he was keen to get some more in. Uh, we will see, but it's been. Uh, well, that's been an episode. Uh, it's we're hitting nearly forty odd minutes now, so um, it's a good place to to leave it. I think uh, we're gonna we're, we're hopeful, but not expectant for Berry um, on Saturday. And uh, yeah, Gary, is there anything that you want to plug before you disappear? Well, I didn't actually get to sell any of the fanzines this week due to a technical hitch. That being me not putting them in the car, um, which is a massive hitch. Um, <laughs> So I'm going to be putting those online. Um, I'm probably not going to be selling them at home game because they're a Christmas issue and the next home game is Valentine's Day or something silly like that. So, uh, But we still have a box of them. We still want to make the donation to charity. Um, just so the listeners know, we did sponsor a player as well with the fanzine income from New Year's Day. So um, Kellen Gordon got our sponsorship and within <laughs> 24 hours had left the club. Uh, as yet, I've not had a reply from the club on who we can sponsor i suppose that they're running out of players at the minute so um, we'll be sitting tight uh but yeah we certainly put the money into the club um which is a good thing uh but no nothing else to plug i'd just like to say thank you to jake so jake thank you very much for coming on absolutely thank you very much for having me um it's been a, it's been an honor um, no but yeah if, if i can plug twitter or anything while i'm here it's uh jake underscore tom nine eight uh there'll be a lot of links to d3 d4 football my match reports previews and then any sort of news that comes out of the football club will all be uh will all be on there uh, sounds very good well thank you jake no doubt we'll have you on again if we can sort you. out some of the uh some yeah. of the technical bits yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've had so a few hand- technical uh, technical hitches throughout today. So if it sounds a little bit disjointed, that might be why. But uh, hopefully I can work some magic in the edit and uh, we will, well, we'll see you guys next week with hopefully, hopefully a six-point gap emerging over Barry. But yes, we will see you later, Nine guys. Point. Nine-point gap, Barry. Nine-point Nine gap. gap. So I, I, need, <laughs> I need some spag hole, mate. That's what it is. <laughs> Anyway, right. <laughs> Thank you, you everybody. Bye. Okay. Bye. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.